Thank you. Good morning. Um, it's really good to be here with my church family. Um, I've not been around for five weekends. So as soon as Judith and Richard announced that we're going to be doing slowing down, life with the A's family sped up. We've spent five weekends away, like I say, going to six university open days, three sixth form open days, visiting the North Norfolk coast to gather data for an A-level geography project for Hannah. Um, And for me, last weekend, my sister and I took my elderly mum away to Yorkshire. So life has been more than at full speed. And now it's time for some recalibration for us as a family, as Sarah put it last week. In fact, Mark said, speed kills. We could really not continue life at that speed for long before burnout. We were never meant to live life at 100 miles an hour. We need to slow down. We were created for relationship, to be connected both with our creator and with each other. He didn't create us to be in isolation. We'd struggle to go it alone. Right from the beginning at creation, God demonstrates this in stating that it's not good for man to be alone. This is in Genesis 2 verse 18. An intimate relationship with our creator is forged in our communication with him in the secret place in the time we make to speak with him. Building a good foundation is reliant not only on us speaking to God, but in listening to him, hearing him speak and responding to him. There isn't one of us hearing this that could not have their life radically changed by hearing God's voice better. Today, I want to talk about slowing down to listen to him, our creator, who made us to be in relationship with him, who walked with Adam in the cool of the day, in Genesis 3, verse 8. I grew up in a church family, and in my Sunday school days, it was a regular occurrence to sing of the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Now you're going to have that in your heads. Do you remember him? I loved it, but I never stopped to ask, what does this mean? What was Jesus' intention in telling this story? It's found in Matthew 7, 24. So let's turn to that story. Matthew 7, 24. Okay, Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down... The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the rock, on the sand, sorry. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. The first part of verse 24 again. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. What are the words that he's referring to? Jesus tells the story after what we often refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 5 of Matthew, he begins with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, etc. This is followed by lots of instructions for life, if you like. Being salt and light, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. 
don't be angry with your brother or sister. Settle matters quickly. Uh, Lessons on adultery and divorce. Oaths. Love your enemies. Give to the needy. Prayer. Fasting. Don't store up treasures on earth. Don't worry. Don't judge others. Ask. Seek and knock. Enter through the narrow gate. True and false prophets and disciples. That is a long sermon. And he says, straight after that, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man. So what does listen mean? What does it look like? Um, The Oxford English Dictionary puts it like this. It means to take notice of and act on what someone says. Making an effort to hear something, to be alert and ready to hear. In the context of what I'm talking about today, I love that definition. It talks about not only hearing, but taking action, making an effort, being alert and ready to hear. I don't know about you, but for me, life is crazy busy. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I work four days a week. I have three teenage daughters, a home to run, an aging mum hundreds of miles away in Norfolk. I love it. I'm blessed with family and work and responsibility, but it so easily gets to such a pace and whirlwind of busyness that finding a place and a time to be still is sometimes a challenge. The demands on me at work can feel particularly overwhelming. I work for the NHS. Staffing is short. Needs are great. I have a workbook where I list all the things I need to do. It grows ever longer. And as soon as I tick one off the top, four more arrive at the bottom. I've stuck Psalm 46 verse 6 on the front of my book. It says, be still and know that I'm God. It's amazing just how reading that before I open the book focuses my heart and my soul and my mind on what really matters. So I have four points on slowing down and listening. The first one is expect. Expect to hear God. He is always speaking. How does he speak? Do you hear him? He's speaking to you right now. I don't want to limit the ways that God speaks, but I will mention the following. The Bible is written, his written, God-breathed, spirit-filled living word to us. It's readily available, our daily bread. And Jesus is our ultimate example, isn't he? Did he read and know scripture? Just one example of his knowledge of scripture is found in Luke 4, where he's tested in the wilderness. Every answer he gives to the devil is a direct quote from the scripture he would have had available to him. It's evident that as a man, he read and studied the scriptures regularly. Regularly reading his word primes us to hear him speaking to us. Have you ever noticed as you're reading that sometimes something you're very familiar with and you've read many times before is emphasized to you and it encourages you or instructs you about something that you've been praying about? Stop, write it down, pray about it. God also speaks to us through those around us in words, encouragement and verses given. We should always be careful to weigh words that are given to us. Does it line up with what we know of God in the the Bible? And God also speaks to us through our daily lived experience. 
what you see and hear around you. We're all different. So how I hear him in the context of my lived experience will not be how you hear him. In the Bible, Jesus often spoke to his listeners in relevant, understandable ways. He spoke to shepherds about sheep. He spoke to fishermen about fishing. He speaks your language. For me, he speaks through nature. Do you know that from most places in Manchester, if you look up, you can see the hills in the distance? I love the majesty and beauty of the sky. Contrary to popular belief, the skies are not always dismal and grey and drizzly over Manchester. Psalm 19 verses 1 to 4 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. And yet their voice goes out to all the earth. Their words to the end of the earth. He also speaks to me through the miracle of a newborn baby. I'm privileged to see them every day at work. God's handiwork is awesome. Another example for me personally is through music, classical music. I hear his creativity and attention to detail. It's good for my soul. However, if you're like Graham, you would struggle to hear God in this. Indeed, it would be nothing short of a miracle if he heard God speak through classical music. Like I say, how God speaks to you will be tailored to you. After all, he created you. He knows how to get your attention. God is spirit, and he often speaks spirit to spirit. It can feel like a thought or an impression. It's not always easy to discern. With practice, and the more we listen the more we will recognize his voice when he speaks in this way. Write it down. Ask God to confirm it. Check it against the Bible and speak with someone you trust. Point two, always talking. God is always talking. He constantly speaks and gives direction. Jesus made some radical statements about hearing his voice. Let's turn to John 10, 3 to 5. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. John ten three to 5. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow because they know his voice. Jesus goes on to explain that he is the gatekeeper. The sheep hear and know his voice. It says they hear, they do hear. Not they can or they should, but they do. Excuse me. Radio programs are transmitting all the time, but we only hear them when we turn the radio on. If we can't hear it, it's not because transmission has stopped but only that the radio is not turned on. It's not impossible for God to speak at us, to us at any time, in any way, but my experience tells me that it's not often in a loud, audible voice, bright light, thunder, fire, or a dove. There are examples of all of these in the Bible, but it's usually in a gentle whisper or a still, small voice. 
like we read of in 1 Kings 19. So the last verse I'm going to ask you to turn to is 1 Kings 19. I'm going to start at verse 9. Um, Just to give you a little bit of the context of where this story comes, it's talking about Elijah. comes just after the events at Mount Carmel between Elijah and the prophets of Baal when they called on their gods to bring the fire down onto the altars they'd built. God sent fire and consumed Elijah's sacrifice, proving to the prophets of Baal that he is the one true God. So 1 Kings 19, verse 9. There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, turned down your altars, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Often we're asking God to speak when it's our hearing that needs adjusting to hear what he's already saying. Check your receiver. Point three, relationship. As I said previously, we're created for relationship with God and with those around us. Relationship is developed in closeness, regular conversation, listening and speaking. Our closest relationships take time and effort. There's no shortcut. Stop listening to our nearest and dearest and we put distance between us. We quickly get out of the habit and put a strain on our relationship. Our goal in our relationship with God is to be so closely connected that we hear him whenever he speaks. It's more important to become a person who listens regularly than it is to constantly ask for guidance. Conversation is two-way. Do you just stand in front of someone and hope they'll talk to you? Or do you open your mouth and engage with them? God loves to hear us talk to him. It's key in our relationship with him that speaking and listening to him is a regular occurrence, not just when we have a decision to make or we're going through a tough time. He's always gracious and he'd never turn us away. However, true relationship with him is daily walking into his presence for that conversation. God loves you. He wants to be involved in your life. Excuse me. Point four, space. We will always make time and space in our lives for what we consider is important. It needs to be intentional. As Sarah and Mark said last week, press pause, breathe, 
and rest. We are so used to the constant noise and chatter of life that we become exhausted. We become exhausted and it stops our ability to be fully present. It stops our ability to fully form connection with God and those around us. I have more than one space. I have the luxury of a 20-minute drive to work on my own. This is my time with God. No radio or music, just quiet. If you can have that in Manchester on the roads. I'm a park runner. I've renamed it my prayer run. I use the time around 30 minutes on a Saturday morning to pray and listen to God. Yesterday, I ran park run for the first time in three months. As I ran, I prayed and I asked God to speak. After all, I have to practice what I preach. So this is what he said. Make space to spend with me a regular occurrence. Practice time out with me. Slow down and listen. As you listen, my voice will become more familiar, just like with running. The course is familiar. You've not forgotten how to run, but you are out of practice. Um, you did it in a slower than normal time for you, but you will get quicker and stronger again with regular running. This wasn't audible words. It was an impression through what I was experiencing and seeing around me. I also try to get up before others in the house. I keep my Bible and notebook downstairs ready. I usually get 30 minutes before the first person emerges in the morning. I'm so easily distracted, so I never read the Bible on my phone. I could not resist reading messages as they come in. You know yourself. If you're like me, your phone needs to be left out of reach. And with the sound off, practice being uninterrupted by the world. It is always worth it. As I write this, I'm staying with my mum. As a family, we've spent two days in the cold wind on the wild North Norfolk coast. I'm now sitting in my mum's conservatory, listening to the rain pounding on the roof. A warm and snuggly bed or getting up. For me, if I hadn't moved, I would have found it difficult to concentrate and drifted back to sleep. Moving into a place of readiness and expectancy helps us to tune in to what God's saying. Sometimes that looks like an actual physical space, my mum's conservatory, our sitting room. Sometimes that looks like mentally moving. I've got this time while I'm travelling, I'll make the most of it and listen to God. It takes time and practice and boy am I still practising after 50 years. I was so impressed and encouraged to hear people discussing Graham's talk from a few weeks ago. He spoke about slowing down and making space for people. He used the word space to frame his talk. People had remembered the points he made because of this. And so, in true Aves fashion, I give you ears. <laughs> Expect God to talk. God is always talking. Relationship and space. It's recorded 15 times in the Bible that Jesus says, He who has ears, let him hear. So who of you has ears? If you do, make sure you slow down and listen to God. So just as I'm finishing, let's take a couple of minutes to put into practice what I've just been talking about. Practice tuning in. Think over what's been said. 
Ask God how you can slow down to listen to him and make space for him. Get rid of distraction, put your phone down, maybe close your eyes or move to a space where it's just you and God. We're just going to play some music to give you that space. Thank you. Thank you.